Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. A science story, huh? And I just happy. thought, well, I had figured it, out. Wow. it was that golden moment. Because science was on my side. Hey everyone, I'm Ben Lilly, and welcome to the Story Collider, where we bring you true stories of how science has affected people's lives. This week's story is from Ben Moshkowitz. The story was recorded in June 2013 at DROM in New York City. The theme of the night was Lost. Hmm. Well, I guess it all started in uh, Miss Walker's first grade class. She called me up after everybody had gone to recess and asked me to stay behind. And well, my natural thought is I was in trouble because you know that's what they do. But no, she showed me said, "No, oh, Ben, you're not in trouble. We just..." We just wanted to let you know that since you're such a special young man, that we're going to put you in some good classes. Is that, is that what you want? And well, I had nothing against being a special or young or a man, so I, that's how I was tricked into being convinced that I needed therapy. Um, now, you might think that a, you know, therapy might be scary to a child, but to me, I thought it meant that I was special, like Peter Parker was special, and being bitten by a radioactive spider and not dying. And uh, for me, I had two therapies, so that made me doubly special. Uh, so such that uh, on my first day of therapy, uh, I waited till the clock striked, um, 10.30, shot my hand in the air, and go like, Miss Walker, it's time for me to go to therapy. <laughs> and I strutted down the hallway to the special annex to where I was supposed to meet Miss Gale. Now, Miss Gale was the biggest woman I had ever seen in my life at that time. And she was sitting in a little kid's chair, so it made her look proportionally bigger. And she had a huge grin on her face. And, but I was still pretty scared, because you, know, you don't see giants like that often. And she was like, oh, you must be Ben. Welcome to my class. Please sit down. Um, yeah, your sister is uh, one of my uh, patients, too. And during this time of my life, my sister was my compatriot, because we both had the same accent. Um, now, it's not really an accent. Uh, we just both have the same way we speak. I don't actually remember when I first realized that I spoke differently than most people because it's just been that way my entire life. I mean, we used to play a game when we were kids, making trying to convince people we were from far-off distance lands like Lithuania or you know, South Africa or, or Laos. Um, and it was all fun. We all laughed, and people would believe us. But in the end, uh, you know, it just made us different and... United. But knowing that my sister was in Miss Gale's class made me feel special. And she told me that she was going to be my speech therapist and help me learn how to speak correctly. 
And I, you know, sat down in her class and she said, we're going to do these exercises where we just repeat sounds to help you develop muscle memory. So you can pronounce words correctly. Can you do R's and L's? And she made me do a ra 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 and la 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 la. And now this is all, you know, seems like an easy thing to do, but I didn't know if I was doing it right or wrong unless Miss Gale told me I was doing it right or wrong. So I got no sense of personal satisfaction and it was completely boring. And I really hated going to speech. And even though I strutted down the hallway, I sadly walked back. The next therapy was occupational therapy, which is Thursday after with uh, Miss Wise. Now, Miss Wise was completely different than Miss Gale. She was small, petite, very clinical, very always hold a clipboard, and, um, you know, just the, the classic scientist. Uh, she, but her class was, I loved because all we did was play puzzles and do games and kick balls and squeeze things and do, I guess, occupational therapy things. Uh, I loved everything about occupational therapy except for the snake. Now the snake was this five-segment uh, stuffed animal that was divided um, with fasteners for each of the thing. It had buttons, a buckle, a zipper, and a string. Now the purpose of the snake was that you're supposed to disconnect the entire snake in under a minute and put it back together. Uh, so every time I came up to there, I, I started off my thing. I uh, looked at the clock, waited till the minute hand struck 12 so I didn't have to count time, so I knew exactly when to begin. So I stood there, wait, wait. I begin. So then I would unbuckle, unbutton, unzip, untie, remove all the shoe strings, and then have it all fall apart. And then uh, I looked back at the clock, and it was, uh, oh, 30 seconds had passed. I was like, oh man, I only have 30 seconds. So I, I tried to rush back together. I, I, I buttoned back together. I, you know, buckled back together, and I, I zipped it back together, and I tried to lace the strings back together, but by that time my fingers had become so tired I couldn't do it anymore, and I looked back, and my time was gone. And I could never do it. I never ever do it. I just tried and tried and I just, <sighs> the snake was undefeatable. Well, during, after a couple months of therapy, they had um, switched to my first grade class from Miss Walker's class to Miss Sitt's class. And now, my first grade year of school, I had four teachers, which was very confusing for me. But, so I had learned that, you know, Miss Walker was the remedial teacher and Miss Sisk was the uh, advanced teacher. So I, we did advanced things like take spelling tests. And I took my first spelling test in the class and I totally bombed it. And I thought, oh, well, you know, this is my first spelling test. You know, I, I, you know this is new. I can do better next time, and which I didn't. And then I said, nope, next time. And nope, and again, nope, again, nope. And after a while, I just like, you know what? Something must be wrong with Miss Sisk because I can pass every subject but spelling, and she's obviously not the smartest teacher. So I'd walk up and I showed her my paper, and I was like, look, all these answers are right. And then she went systematically and pointed to me each and every problem that was with my thing, and it felt like pins just pricking me in the heart. Because when I looked at it before, I didn't see it, but when she pointed it out to me, I could. See, I never known that I had a learning disability until even I was up to college, no one had told me. I, had, um, I suffer from um, developmental dyspraxia and dysgraphia, which is basically I have limited um, fine motor skills and the speech part of my brain, language part of my brain, doesn't communicate correctly with the motor part of my brain, so I can't put things in order correctly. And so, but the mind, it wants to work correctly. And so every time I see or hear mistakes that I've made or other people have made, my mind just does this autocorrect. And I just see it perfectly. It doesn't look wrong. 
So I can never actually see my problems, which makes me a really terrible editor. Don't ask me to proofread your papers. Because uh, I, I would just think, oh, it's perfect. Um, so I, even like in college, I asked my mom well, why she never told me that I had a learning disability. And she said, like, well, it's just a word, Ben. We didn't want to make it define you. You wanted you to grow up to be your own person, which, which is good and fine when I'm an adult. But when I was a kid, back in the first grade, I just felt so lost, and I didn't know who I was, and I just thought I was just stupid. And I remember one day, I was just riding in the back of my dad's, you know, Euro van and driving to the town, and I was just crying. I was like, what's wrong? And I said, like, I feel like Alexander the Great. He's <laughs> like, what? And I said, like, well, didn't he, you know, get sad when he realized that he couldn't conquer any more wards? I just, I don't feel like I can do anything anymore. And so, like, my mom said, well, that's pretty sad that, you know, you feel, like, lost at seven. And my dad said, like, did you really want to conquer the ward? I said, well, I didn't want to cross it off the table. My dad said, so my dad said, well, let me tell you a story about Alexander. And this is a common thing about my parents. One of the part of my therapies was to encourage, you know, love of the written word or language or anything that you should read and tell stories to kids with uh, dysgraphia and dyspraxia so they, you know, don't become unaligned adults, which I guess worked. But my dad would tell me the story. So let me tell you a story about Alexander, he said. Uh, it's a story of the Gordian knot. And I was like, okay. And he says, well, long, 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 long ago, uh, Alexander's walking to this town called Gordian, and there was this huge knot that was tied on this chariot. And it was said that no man could untie the knot. Well, Alexander, being the great man that he was, thought, well, I need more people in my army. Maybe if I untie this thing, everybody realize how great I am, and they want to join me. Because I guess they didn't have TV back then, and they were impressed with more simple things. So he looked at the knot, and thought that, no, oh, I can't stand anymore. So he just took his sword out and just cut it in half. And there, all the soothsayers and the oracles and what have you, all said, like, oh, this means Alexander the Great's going to take over the world. And I told him, isn't that cheating? And my mom goes, like, no, that's lateral thinking. I was like, well, it so sounded like cheating to me. <laughs> but I thought, for a while, and I thought, okay, maybe I can apply this. Maybe if I can apply some thinking outside of the box to maybe spelling test, maybe I can do a little bit better. So I had thought, well, what am I good at doing? Well, I mean, in OT, I'm great at doing puzzles. Well, maybe I should approach spelling like a puzzle. So I looked around the room, and like, if the spelling word was mother, I noticed that on the calendar, the word ma month was there. And if I took the N out of month and put the ER on there, that spelled mother. And that was great. I can do all the words like that. And like, so it might seem very complicated and a roundabout way of spelling things, but it worked much clearer on my head that way. So I did that, and if I couldn't find another weird way to spell the word, I just wrote the word a lot for my speech therapy to learn muscle memory. And I knew this wasn't spelling, it was lateral thinking. <laughs> and after I applied this to my first test, I passed, and I started passing spelling tests, and I thought, well, this is great. Maybe I can apply this to the snake. So I took the snake out, and I go to OP, and I go like, okay, Miss Wise, I can, I can do the snake. She's like, okay. She hands me the snake. And so I begin, go straight through. I unbuckle it, unzip it, unbutton it, and then untie it. But I don't unlace it all the way because I think, well, I'd only have to take it apart. I don't have to unlace it all the way. So I did that, and it's apart. Then I put it back together. But the first thing I did was lace it first because that's the thing that made my hands tired. So I laced it first, tied it back together, re-zipped it, re-buttoned and re-buckled it, and there were 10 seconds left. And I felt like I'd conquered the world again. Thank you.
That was Ben Moshkowitz. Ben is from Glen St. Mary, Florida. He works as an audiovisual preservationist at New York University. He is a Moth Grand Slam champion and a pretty nice guy. He currently lives in Brooklyn with his two cats, Scotty and Viva. For more science stories, take a look at storycollider.org, where we have archives of the podcast and upcoming events. Our next shows are July 23rd in New York and August 27th in Boston. The Story Collider is produced by me, Brian Wecht, Aaron Barker, and Ari Daniel Shapiro. The podcast is produced by Rose Evelith. Additional help from Brooke Williams, Lena Groger, and Justin D'Ambrosio. The theme music is by Ghost. Special thanks to Drom for hosting the show, and to my school for never using a teaching tool on me called a snake. I'm terrified of snakes. Okay, I'm a wuss. Thanks for listening. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.